You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome to the Claret Blue podcast. This evening we are live on Facebook and YouTube. And the breaking news is that Aston Villa are going to be Premier League champions this year, James. <laughs> what a brilliant start to the season. Uh, four in a row, man. Buzzing like... I couldn't have imagined it. I thought there might have been some struggle. And, you know, you can't look at Liverpool and say, we're going to win. You know, we're definitely going to win that. You can't look at Leicester as well and say, we're definitely going to win that. Two very good teams. And uh, just as impressive as it's having to, I think, holding on and uh, getting the win at the end, keeping that confidence going, looking like the team that was always going to win it as well, I think was very important. But like 1-0, you just it's just unreal it's just an unreal feeling and it just feels so normal as well just yes. being good like it is, being really it is weird that and i know that we're, we're going to be joined by matt kendrick in the next five or ten minutes he's uh he's been playing five aside tonight so uh, we'll see if he's had a better resort than villa which i highly doubt um he always says not to get too carried away but i mean that's part of the excitement isn't it getting carried away but it like you say it does feel almost normal to villa yeah villa win games now that's just yeah. that's just who we are. That's that's weird. That's a little bit concerning. Tell you what, the Premier League ain't gonna like it at all for their product <laughs> when uh, when we're going to Europe next season. They don't want it. They don't want them spouncing Leicester or Liverpool or Man City or Arsenal or Tottenham out of a European place, man. They ain't gonna like it when a uh, unfashionable Aston Villa turn up in uh, Azerbaijan next year. I tell you what, I'm all I'm all for the kazoo tartar race. By the way, between us and Everton, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. Bit, 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 pick up with the kazoo size, doing good this season. <laughs> uh, it is nice, though, isn't it? I know it's only four games gone, but it is nice to see different teams towards the top end of the Premier League table for a change. And like I say, yes, it's four games, but you know Leicester still up there, Everton, us. It's nice, isn't it? Say the usual boys. Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a throwback, man. Like seeing, I think um, Leeds doing well, Everton especially, and of course like Villa, <laughs> like, like the mighty Villa, like back where they belong, second in the table. You know, it's a uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I remember, you know, when I, when I, in my first stint as a season ticket holder when I was a kid, and the person who took me saying, "Look, we're in the nosebleeds now. If you win, if we win the next game, we're fourth, and we that means Champions League." And I was thinking, you know, bloody hell, this is a, it's an incredible feeling. It takes me back to. <laughs> Those Martin O'Neill days when we were, I know it's yeah. early days and we shouldn't get carried away, but like, what's the point if you can't have the fun? If we're going to be so negative and painful after those devastating losses and the rubbish draws, when we're doing well, we need to be the worst fan that and most insufferable fans going because <laughs> it might not last long and we've got to enjoy it. We've got to enjoy the ride. Just it, it might, it's going to be a wild one. Enjoy the ride. Well, I did mention earlier that we'd be joined by Matt Kendrick with his usual pessimism. Matt, are you here to uh, bring us all back down to reality? You're the most insufferable fan going. You really are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is yeah. that uh, Everton shirt? Is it, what, what's that? Um, Neverton. It's nothing cold, mate, isn't it? It's <laughs> Carlsberg did Sundays. Well, I'll probably had something more interesting for my dinner, to be honest, if they did Sundays. But... My son's team won four one this morning, uh, and he won man of the match. And nice. then, um, what's happened, mate? I didn't watch it on pay per view. How we got on? Did, uh, well, if you if you missed the facts, I think Villa are going to win the league this year. Is basically what's happening. <laughs> oh yeah, well I have, well, I have, I have led a chant, a chorus of that in Wally Rugby Club's bar <laughs> um, this evening, where I've been able to watch the game. So um, yeah, it was a bit of a, you've probably done all this chat, but it was a bit of a scrappy game, wasn't it? It was a bit bit kind of aggro in places, wasn't it? Yeah, actually, we're, we're the first person to speak about the game. I was going to say, yeah, we, haven't, we haven't actually. I mean, it's very, very <laughs> unusual to get to do a podcast where you talk about football. Um, but yeah, like we've we've just been talking about the the strangeness that that Villa just feel like they they're good this year. 
Like, getting, and you know, we're, we're not saying to get too carried away, but it almost feels normal that Villa win games now, which is scary territory. Do you agree? Well, you, put, you, you brought me off my pessimism. Imagine when we crash down from this. <laughs> I don't, don't. Imagine the low. Do you mean crash down from these mighty heights of second in the Premier League after four games? That Look looks good, that. doesn't it? I mean, call it no, null and void. The say not null and void, but like, call it <laughs> as it is, points per game, whatever. Because we're we're going up, we're we're staying up there. Going <laughs> up. Yeah, go. We're getting promoted to Champions League. I don't know if you heard from the Championship to Champions League. Yeah, I think Villa uh, kind of one club founders a project up yours. Villa <laughs> you know, just take over the whole planet. Um, yeah, nice. The only side in English football to still have a hundred percent record as well, I believe, after four games, um, which is well, a we nice were yesterday, weren't we? So, um, yeah, we t- let's enjoy it, eh? Um, I've got it's the first time. So, sorry, mate, go on. Got me kind of pride and joy. So I don't, uh, I, don't I, drink I, on a Sunday night, but um, I'm making it. I did think about getting a beer out, but I did decide against it. Um, it's the first time we've won the opening four games since 1930-1931. How do you remember that one, Matt? Good, actually, yeah. Yeah, I probably, you know, <laughs> four years old. But... <laughs> I almost had to write that down to make sure I got it right, but I thought I'd just be able to get it. Um, another little stat that I've already tweeted about, but for the 623 people watching us live on Sunday evening, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, do you know how many games it took us to get to 12 points last season, Matt? 38. Oh, 38, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> I mean, it's less than I thought it was. It was um, after a, after twelve games, we had eleven points. It was the Brighton, no, Norwich, and Brighton games, wasn't it? Back to back. No, no, no. It was actually uh, Newcastle in November, uh, just after we beat Newcastle. That was the uh, the thirteenth game, which took us to fourteen points. And um, before that, we were on eleven points after after losing to Wolves. You know, that horrible Wolves game away at their place. Came back, beat Newcastle, went to thirteen points, uh, fourteen points. Sorry. 13 games that took this season, four games, 12 points. And we worked it out before you came on as well, or before we went live. We also gained those points over the same fixtures last season. So obviously Leicester beat us twice last year, we beat them. Liverpool beat us twice. We got nothing out, of, we got a point out of Sheffield United in the project restart. We've already beat them. And obviously Fulham weren't in the league, but we beat Norwich as a, as a, a replication of a, a side of that quality. Um, so yeah, we're we're up on the games we played last season and up on points by a margin of ten games, which is incredible, really. What a turnaround! Is if you look about, um, I don't want to don't want to harp back too much, but if you look at the absolute spanking that we had at Leicester pre pre lockdown, yeah. um, you know, and it's not. I thought nil nil probably would have been fair, to be honest. But we're I not, agree, actually, not interested in fairness, to be honest. But we've gone there and created a couple of chances, you know, a couple of scares. And it, it feels like Villa have kind of grown into their Premier League skins a little bit. Um, just that, God, I'm such a bore, but the clean sheet pleases me. Yeah, it's, I, I totally agree. I don't think in terms of chances created, it was, a, it was an amazing game. I think, like you said, a point would have been fair and I was happy to come on here and I would have said, you know what, I'll take a point against Leicester and nil-nil, that's fine. All that goes out the window in the 93rd minute when Ross Barkley, lovely strike by the way, um, for, the, for the goal. All that goes out the window and you're talking about four out of four and the, the hysteria is well underway, but let's enjoy it, like you said. 
Somebody that in the comments, actually, Matt, I wanted to ask you, um, because obviously it was, it was before my time, said that it was a I'm bit like... i not back to 1930 again. <laughs> no, no, not that, not that far. I've lost the comment now because there's so many, but I'm pretty sure it was somebody said under John Gregory after we beat Southampton. Does that ring any bells at all? What, 99? We went we were top of the league at Christmas, weren't we? 98? Let me just have a quick look at soccer base, mate. <laughs> <laughs> talking about clean sheets, um, I mean, I did that to do a preview um, with a Leeds podcast ahead of this game, but bef- that's coming out after the Leicester one. So yeah. I was saying, you know, I'd have paid 30, 30 million for Martinez after, you know, how, how good he's been for us. And I was thinking, what if he drops a clang against Leicester? But, you know, <laughs> absolutely no chance that he's, that he's going to do that. You know, he's got a supreme mentality. He just always looks so solid. I think he, he went down really softly, though, didn't he? Um, hit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was holding out like that side. I thought nah, there's no heart problem there, is there? Not, 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 not my sweet Emmy. Like, please get back up because because there was no contact. I thought, why is he holding that side of him? Yeah, like, and I thought, you know, when I saw the brush, I was like, okay, I'll let him have that one. But yeah, thank God. I, you know, I'm I'm so pleased with him. I think you know from all the comments we had um, when we signed him, it was like you don't need another keeper. Man, I'd make that signing even if we had that full full department uh, or fit and healthy. Amazing yeah, signing. Well, talking, about your, um, talking about your extracurricular stuff, James, you, you're, on, what, you're all over the media at the moment. I saw you did, did you do something like Radio Leicester the other day. Oh, yeah, that was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on with you, mate? You know, yeah. <laughs> I was... Um, I was on that and I had I had all my little notes that I made to be professional and my like they asked me a question and I was speaking and my dog kind of just jumped on my uh on my lap but through my legs and uh, like under the notes and knocked them everywhere and like I lost my train of thought and I was like where am I going with this and I stopped still I started it was like blank for like five seconds and I just had to like um just say I forgot where I was going with it like and I just felt terrified live on air. But then they said Grealish was a diver, and I was fuming because I thought the BBC can't do that. They can't say stuff like that on the BBC because uh, they said because uh, I said he wins fouls right, and they went, "No, he's just a diver." And I was like, "This is the BBC, right? You can't, you can't." Yeah, no, like, not fee for that, mate. I don't want. I'll even pay my license fee for Jermaine Genius co-hosting the one show. <laughs> I'm not paying it to hear Super Jackie called the diver. Um, I wish your dog jumping through your legs would have been on video because it'd been, you know, that one that went viral when the uh, the professor was at his desk and the kind of kids start rolling in, yeah, yeah, and his wife has to kind of shoo him off. I'm just, I'm just waiting for what result we need for Janet to open his blind at last and not get out of his dungeon. What, what is it? I can't even know because it's nighttime, man. There's <laughs> all light shining in from it from all the houses. So oh, can't be doing that. No, um, no, not at all. I've got a couple of questions to keep it football related. One is more serious than the other, which we'll get to later. Um, but there's one that's cropping up in the comments as well from, from Villa fans watching. How important do you think it is that we try our absolute best to sign Ross Barkley at the end of his loan spell? Yes. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> See, they're going to end up getting like 50, 60 million out of us for real. I was going to say, how what? much would you pay though? What would you pay? They you got... said you pay 30 million for Emmy Martinez easy. What, what are you paying for Ross Barkley? I don't care, man. We said this before. Valuation is rubbish. It's not my money. It's some two billionaires that I don't know who are funding <laughs> the club and the club's rich because it's going to finish again in the Premier League in like top four again. Well, for the first time in however bloody long that they finished in the Champions League places before my time. Uh, you know, they, if all things going well, they should be pushing up for the players. They should be pushing to buy players where the value I just don't care anymore. Like we've been like pinching pennies when it comes to signings for like so long. I just won't care. Just get him in if if we are able to do so. Typical Villa fans. We flew to last minute winner. 
uh, injury ravaged Leicester City, and now you're saying money's no object and they should go and splurge whatever. Ross Barkley, give him 150 million. Let's go to Stamford Bridge. <laughs> um, it's interesting, actually. Let's talk about the game then, because. You say we fluke to win, and I do kind of agree that uh, you know, a last-minute goal feels... Luke. I think it could have gone you know, all the way, but... Yeah, but let's just go with that, because you've said it now. Um, what did you think of the performance, though? Because, like I said, I was happy to come on here and talk about a, a, almost a bit of a stalemate. And people are calling it a professional performance, which is probably a nicer way of saying it, but I don't think either side created amazing chances. I don't remember either goalkeeper having to do a fat lot. Um, there's a little nice run from Jack Grealish at one stage where he pinged it through into Ross Barkley and he had a shot um, blocked by one of their defenders. We were good and they were decent considering their injury losses, but I think a draw would have been a fair result. But obviously, delighted with the win. It's my summary. <laughs> I thought it was, um, it was the best non advert for PPV you've ever seen to be honest imagine if you're a neutral and you've paid you've paid your 15 quid for that it was a it was a it was a gritty strong solid away win wasn't it Villa had to dig in they had to kind of you know I mean what did you do? I suppose there was two were they penalty shouts the one on Trezeguet do you think no um, I don't think so it was it was a it was a kind of combative match I saw uh, Grealish get a few chunky challenges and uh, oh. Castagna. Um, yeah, he was, how like, he wasn't booked way earlier than he was, I'll never know. Yeah, but uh, so I had to do the, the radio, and they were, they were constantly like just describing Gre- Grealish hit again, Grealish down again, Grealish hit again, and you can't see it until like someone shares a clip on Twitter and goes, how, how's, he, how's he not off on fuming? And you're like, what challenge is this? Is this the first one, the second one, the fourth one, the yeah. sixth one? Um, but like, uh, you know, I think you say nicked it at the end. I feel like, Villa looked like the team that if any team was going to win, it would be Villa. And that's likely because, you know, Leicester didn't have Vardy, didn't have that fast ball up front, you know, just to ping it to Vardy. They didn't have that, the way they play was really affected. I know here Nacho is like always going to do us in because that's what, you know, was it six and six against Villa before he he, he started this one? So, yeah, I think that affects it massively. But look, we, we, we made the chances, uh, the best chances. We got the lucky one at the end, but we were always going to, be the team in that position to do so I think I think that's an interesting point you raised that we looked like the more likely to score because it's something me and my dad noticed is that I don't know whether I've noticed this in other games as well or whether tonight was really the first time but I feel like we win the ball back higher up the pitch than we were last season in particular when we didn't win the ball back hardly ever at all but if we dispossess the opposition now it's almost always not always but it's more often than it was in their own half so we're already much further up the pitch when we win the ball back rather than winning the ball back on our own area and having to build the whole length of the pitch. We're winning the ball back much higher up and being able to start start attacks. So I think in that last 20 minutes or so, just because we were working hard as a team and as a unit, it felt like Villa were going to go on to win out of the two because whenever we did get the ball back, we were already further up the pitch, if that makes sense. There's really, really impressive like work rate, I think, from Matty Cash and especially Trezeguet. Yes. But the improvement, you know, you can only do those things you're going to win the ball high if you're committed and if you're athletic and if your fitness is high and if you're you know the type of player who who is going to you know not second guess those decisions and get caught out you know they make the decisions quick they work hard Matty Cash um, especially Trezeguet Trezeguet seems like incredibly coachable as well like the player he was at the start and the player he's become uh, the, the, the similarities of course you know you still see him with the, the odd misses here and there and some of the confusion but he's a much better player now than the player we signed and I think you know that, that's credit to the coaches as well as him I, you know we always credit the player and we have to do that especially so we you know in case, uh case I'm really uh, really happy with him 
What was the What's phrase? Changed, What's coachable? Very coachable. There's something, there's a word other than, I'm just going to nick it for your appraisals, but um, <laughs> apparently Ash has just, um, well, just eight minutes, finger on the pulse, said Ross Barkley was carrying an injury. Oh, really? Um, he got a knee injury and uh, apparently he went to celebrate with a doctor um, at the end. So there you go. There's some There's some news for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Live with exclusive on Clown Blue podcast. Um, uh, what was your question? Was my, your question? question is, my question is, what's changed? What's I mean, like you mentioned that when you first came in, the difference between the, the Villa against Leicester last time, uh, before lockdown 4-0, and the, the Leicester game, which I went back and looked at the 4-1 at our place, which I totally wiped from my memory. Um, I think I've still got me- uh, nightmares of Jamie Vardy blitzing past Bjorn Engels. What's changed for, for Villa this season in a, in a simple easy to understand why yeah just just to say that you know Leicester did have their injuries and the key players out but Villa aren't making like stupid decisions from the get-go I think what Brainer did against Leicester it was it was at nil-nil I think and like you can see the frustration in the team see Minks I know it was because he he could have cleared it or deflected it away as it was heading past Rainer into an open net. But you see the frustration from like 20 minutes in, the pure frustration that, they, that everything's going against them. The belief, you know, we're out going into the tactics of the coach, you know, or, you know, any of the stats. The belief in this team is at a, in a much better place. Like the, the, you would say that the mentality of this team is in a, a more positive positive position and it was when we played Leicester last time when we played Leicester last time players were getting infuriated you know Rainer and Vardy had it before the penalty they were trying to you know they was getting there was a load of conflict on the pitch between the players in the same team and it's just they're in a, such a better place now not mentally and I think that does come across because if you're you know weaker mentally you might be backing off you might not be committing yourself to your blocks you might be giving away these deflections with your body position it comes down to all that stuff and I, you know again going back to Cash and Dresagay mentality there. they think they can win balls they, they don't just think they can win balls up the pitch they know they can and that's the difference I think um I think the pressure's off as well isn't it for now yeah. if you think of what they played the last yeah. You know, the last five or six weeks of the season, the absolute pressure that they were under to try and keep Villa in the in the Premier League. I probably think they're invincible now because they've come out of that. You know, they needed snookers and then the rest, didn't they, to 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 retrieve that situation last year. So they can't maybe it's difficult to say, isn't it? But maybe four or five months ago, it wouldn't have been Villa who looked the most likely to score because Villa might have retreated into the shell and just protected yeah. what they've got. Uh, but Villa did did probably show a little bit more ambition and and you are more inclined to take risks if if the consequence of taking those risks is not as bad <laughs> as losing. And, and things are coming off as well. You know, yeah. if, if you're Ross Barkey and take a strike from 20 what twenty something yards out with that annoying WhatsApp keep going off, Matt Kendrick, if you take a shot from 20 yards out or so and it goes in, you're more willing to take a risk in the future, aren't you? Because you think, well, it worked before, so I'll try it again. Let's be a little bit more, uh, have the shackles off. It's very kind of you to kind of mention that my WhatsApp was um, was annoying, Dan. Um, what were we going to say? Just on the goal, I think McGinn does well, if I remember rightly. Like I say, I was um, watching it socially distanced at Wardy Rugby Club. Uh, of course. We won five side as well, but I don't expect you to dwell on that. Um, <laughs> I thought the goal, I thought it was a, I thought, the game was lacking in quality, wasn't it? I think we can, we can safely say. But I think McGinn, 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 Spanish man. It's McGinn's birthday as well today, isn't he? There is many happy returns. Yeah. Many, He's definitely many watching. Return. Uh, he's Spanish man. And just, it was, yeah, just being prepared to 
be on the front foot. And Barkley's Barkley's an athlete for me. I know he's had kind of injury troubles, but I like the fact that he's he's such a beast. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't want to you could imagine him kind of steamrolling, couldn't you? He's so kind of fit and strong. Um I'd be as an opposition player, I'd be concerned about facing Ollie Watkins, Jack Grealish, Ross Barkley, John McGinn, and Douglas Louise all running at me. And then you got Trezor Guy as well on the other side, who's not really uh, a slouch in terms of work rate these days either. So as a as a front, what's that six? That's a strong front six for Villa, who are all working hard and pushing up the pitch high and winning the ball and being aggressive and in people's faces and, and not being scared of a Liverpool and a Leicester, who were obviously great size last season. That's what we wanted to see. That's what we wanted from Dean Smith and this Villa side, and that's now what we're what we're getting. And even if it does all tail off a bit and. As expected, I don't think we're going to win the league this year for real. But at some point, we will start losing games. But as long as we keep playing in the same way and, and you can see what we're trying to achieve, I think there won't be a disappointed Villa fan with with what happens. Yeah, I think unless like, we go down, <laughs> you have to be realistic about this and not to you know not to put a downer on anything. But injuries are going to happen. You're going to have to rotate, and the the depth isn't really there to do that, is it? I mean, you look at you know your right back, your left back, centre back, bring your angles back in. If you lose Mings, that that's a big change, and you know, not not without mentioning you know McGinn and Grealish. So, you know, if injuries occur there, you do have a problem, and injuries will occur. Not to jinx, you know, touch wood, injuries will occur because they have to because it is football and it is a football season that came quite quickly off the back of the last one there's international breaks that these players are playing in there's a lot of fixtures they have to deal with so injuries you know whatever you say they are going to happen that is the downer Villa aren't going to be able to rotate very well they haven't got that depth to do so but the positive is you've got a real momentum now and you can build a massive base before these injuries or whatever occurs that kind of gives you that little slump before you pick it back up again typical Villa fashion you can have 25 30 points on the board ideally I'm looking at our next run of fixtures now and it's easy to look ahead to fixtures and I can't get up on, up on screen at the moment but it's easy to look ahead at fixtures when you're winning thinking oh you know what I don't you know when you, know, when you lose and you think oh where's our points coming from and when you're winning you suddenly go when are we going to lose next but I look at our next lot of fixtures as Leeds, Southampton, Arsenal, Brighton and West Ham, Newcastle and I'm thinking there's points to be had there and before you know it we've played what 10, 12 games and like you said if we're on 20, 25 points the, the kind of points we're on when we you know, only only went into lockdown last season. There's no chance of Villa being in trouble, is there? If Villa continuing that form, yeah. And look at you know the the youth players you want to bring in. Jacob Ramsey's already been blooded in the first team. It's it, it's not like you fall off this in massive cliff if there are injuries. I think Dean Smith and Villa can do things. It's not like you know it's a, a massive blank spot. But there will you would expect there'll be some kind of slump. Hopefully not, because I want Villa to you know, get that uh, 125 one to one odds to bring in that league title for me. Apparently, apparently someone someone says it's down to 33 to one now. Apparently for us to win the you, league. You're joking because that, that's been, that's happened literally between the end of this match and now as we're recording because yeah. I was going to do it. But look, that that will happen. But if you have those 25 30 points on the board, you're you're, you're laughing. Like if by the time your slump comes, you've already done all the hard work with all yeah. your best players fit. There's something I wanted to ask you about, Matt, uh, that I've just seen in the comments about Matty Cash with the foul way, the, the tactical foul of him pulling down Harvey Barnes, I think, uh, shorts. It's the sort of thing that, as a, if that happened to a Villa player, you'd be going, oh, if that happened to Jack Grealish, you'd be going, oh, how annoying is that? He's clearly brought him down. But when it's your your players doing it, it's part of the game, isn't it? You have to be smart. You have to be intelligent. That's just easy to break up the game like that. And he takes the yellow card in a good performance otherwise. I like stuff like that. And I assume you would as well. <laughs> I like somebody. You assume I would like somebody pulling down somebody else's shot. 
Not specifically <laughs> yeah. that, just being a bit cute. No, I think we said this last last year when during the bleak midwinter when Villa were a little bit kind of had a soft underbelly. You need to be more streetwise. Like a puppy, uh, I remember you saying. I think I did say like a puppy, yeah. And I think I remember you having some Marley and me, and I was you as well at some stage. But uh, That's true, yeah. I think he was um yeah, he was taking one, taking one for the team. And we've seen that, haven't we? You know, I remember before Villa signed him that there's the, the there's a tackle at the Hawthorns playing for Nottingham Forest when he wiped out Pereira, I think. Um he's not afraid to give a little and he's he's a bit of a beast himself. So I don't mind it. I don't mind. I don't think Villa are suddenly going to become known as the kind of, you know, the spoilers and the, the cynical, you know, the I don't think Villa have beaten people up to get to second in the table. I think, you know, Villa, you've got to have all elements of the game, haven't yeah. you? Um, yeah. So, no, I don't, I don't mind a bit of short, short tugging. <laughs> that is part of the game, isn't it? Like I say, it's just that little bit of an edge that that's, I feel like that's something we probably would have missed, maybe not last year specifically, but in recent years, just having a bit of bite about us and being a bit nasty from time to time. Not nasty, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I think it's it's just it comes down to the mentality again. I think that's a foul Villa commit last season out of frustration. I think Douglas Louise is probably getting a bit close to get set, getting sent off as well. Um, but that's the type of foul Villa commit last season when they're down 3 0 in the game and they're losing track. And mm. it's the type of foul that they'd have made and lost their head. But this the, the reasons flip this time. It's a, the type of foul I've made because they're confident. They know, right, I've got no yellow card this game. I can pick up one by just destroying a chance. Oh, that's that's what elite teams do, you know. When you I don't want to get too heady again, but when you look at you know the best teams in the world, they will kick you in the middle of the park when you're on a break because that's just they just won't let you have it against yeah. them. That's what they do. Um, is there anything else specifically you two wanted to go over tonight? Because I've I've got one final question that's probably going to give us a couple of minutes of debate and takes up to half an hour. Is there anything else you wanted to go for first? Just, um, just John Moss. He's, a, he's an inspiration to middle-aged men, John Moss. Is he? I thought he looked yeah, very unfit. If he can waddle around <laughs> a football pitch at an elite level, do you know what I mean? Oh, he's not an elite referee, though, is he? No, he's not. He's not a great referee, but fair play to him. He's having a go. What did you watch? You watched the match at the, the pub, right, um, Matt? What was what was the the PPV experience like? Because I listened on the radio with the help of um, our live blog um, and, and of course the, the, the clips that got shared to Twitter. Um, but there's a lot. I know Gabby Abanlahor shared something and he said at halftime there's no anal- analysis of the match and no one's speaking about anything. It was like you know the old iFollow streams that you used to have in the Championship stuff like that. Well, yeah, it's not good for the live blog. You're actually on message, so thank you for that. <laughs> um, we just went to the loo and to the bar at half-time. <laughs> I don't know what the analysis was. Steve Wollaston was pleased to know that I actually, actually had a point of shipyard. Um, <laughs> nice. I know he always calls these stream yards shipyards. It was, it was fine, mate. We were socially distanced. If anybody says otherwise. <laughs> was it just like one camera angle, like one of those rubbish streams, or was it like yeah, normal it like service? Normal, it was just a normal sky match, you know. They got Lee Hendry on the on the, on the the co-coms. Um, nice. It was fine. We were just, I'm not going to say, as you can tell from this podcast, I'm not going to say the screen had my full attention. I was talking crap to me mates. For, <laughs> oh, you surprised me? Yeah, very surprised. Okay, so, yeah, what was your question anyway? Or was that it? No, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to see if you had a point before I end with my, because this is an end point, really. Um, and I get well, the someone actually asked, is the, oh, yeah, um, okay. the Leeds match on um, PPV? And it is. It's not on TV. It's it's pay-per-view. And so it's the Southampton one. So Ooh. you're going to have to go down to the pub a few times, Matt, unfortunately. Well, I've, um, I've given my 15 quid 
to charity. I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> this is the second time you've mentioned it, though. <laughs> you know what I'm like, but um, I'm just trying to try and find out what it was. I should know this, shouldn't I? The homeless yeah. charity. Yeah. After. Let me find it. Let me find it. I'm scrolling down my Twitter. Let me find it. Let me find it. I can't, right. it. I can't find it. S I F A Fireside supporting homeless and vulnerable people in Birmingham. So there you go. I've done my bit. I'm not promised I'm doing that for every match. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the point of charity is just to do it quietly, not mention it on two Facebook lives at this point. But you, you do you, Matt. And on both yeah, your Twitter accounts, retweeting the second one. <laughs> okay, right. So, my final question. So, I'm going to look at the league table because why not? Just look at those four lovely W's next to Aston Villa's name. Um, you could call them dubs, don't you? <laughs> oh, God. Get out of here, Matt. We're not 12. Um, is that not what is... you're saying now? No, no, just let me finish my point, please. It's Sunday night at 10 o'clock. I want to go to bed. Uh, I've got this is a two part question. First of all, I want this to be a short answer from you both. If I handed you seventeenth place right now, would you take it? No. Get out. No. Give Matt. me fifteenth. <laughs> no, I wouldn't now. Not now. Not after this. Not after this barmy win. Um I'd take fourteenth though, if you give me that. <laughs> okay, so my second point to that, that question Wait, is. would what you is... take it, Dan, before no, you... I said I said I even oh, I think I think I think before Liverpool I said that we should be better than seventeenth this season. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, but there's <laughs> people talking about you did I did I in charity in the comments is making me laugh. Um yeah, guys, guys, did you know Matt just had his 15th answer in charge? I don't want to talk about it. You, <laughs> you made Matt Kendrick 2 not to talk about the stuff on Matt Kendrick yeah. 1. And you tweet <laughs> everything from Matt Kendrick 1 to Matt Kendrick 2. And I follow both of them. I follow yeah. both of them. I get a double well, dose. You're maybe lonely. Yeah. KFC double down, it's too much. So, Matt, Kendrick, Matt Kendrick too is like me imagining my friend who used to call people with him at the park, but I'd never, I'd always be be down there. I'd never go up. Anyway, go on, carry on. The second point to my question there, I also wouldn't take seventeenth, by the way, and I don't think any, um, you know, unless you're a very pessimistic Villa fan, I don't think anyone would accept seventeenth after four straight wins, even you, Matt. So the second part to my question, and to the seven hundred and fifty-five people still watching live on Facebook. What is Villa's ceiling now for this season? Because I know it can all fall apart and and it's only four games, but it's a great start. What should be the target for Villa now? Is it top eight? Is it top 10? Top 12? What What do you think? I think if I was in charge of speaking to the squad, I'd still have the same goal, which is, you know, get clear of relegation because you don't want them not thinking about that. You want them just riding that wave and keep plugging forward. Then after Christmas, we can see where we are and we can go re- redefine it. But for now, just keep plugging. Just keep going and uh, let's see where we end up. I'm not committing to any answer here. I'm, Cop out. Um, <laughs> I'm with James in the way that when we used to play Sunday League, you'd, you'd, you'd have the, the phrase, it's still nil-nil. You'd take the lead or you'd score. You'd go 2 nil up, 3 nil up. And it's still nil nil, which was just the kind of very pub league way of saying, let's keep let's keep a lid on this. And I think for Villa, it's still nil nil. What what objective did Villa start the season with? I think they would have started the object started this with the objective to be better than last season. Now, when we're sitting in the in the heady heights of second in the league, finishing sixteenth doesn't seem, you know, oh yeah, I'd love it if Villa dropped fourteen places. I don't I don't think I think Villa got a dare to dream, but equally we've said this before. 
we want this we want this growth to be sustainable we want we want villa to be challenging year after year after year so this is the year that they leap from 17th to 14th let's just rejoice in that and you know enjoy the kind of highs along the way i, I think villa should actually half dare to dream that they can finish top 10 but if they don't i don't think that it, and they drop to 14th i don't think that should automatically think oh crap we're going in the wrong direction because we're going in the right direction um so let's dream for the top 10 but if we yeah. you know what's the phrase aim for the aim for the stars or whatever or aim for the whatever yeah, it is it's something like aim for the moon and if worst case scenario you end up in the stars or something like that yeah. Something like yeah. that. I think so I, I aim for 10th, and if, yeah. if you land in 14th, still good job, basically. Yeah, fingers crossed. I think, yeah, I think I said at the start of the season I'd, I'd be happy with 15th. I think I have to just revise that now and say I think 12th maybe is what we're what we're capable of. Like you said, top 10 will be to get into that top half when you look at a league table at the end of a season and we are we are tenth and in that first page of, of uh, the table, that would be very nice to be to be tenth. Um but yeah, twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth I still think would be a reasonable season, it given the start we've had. Anything better than that is a bonus. Unless, of course, like we said, it's only four games. If we're still around what, fifth or sixth <laughs> Christmas time, heaven forbid we actually have a, a good half season, then you would revise that again and say, Well look, well yeah. maybe top nine, top eight is what we're capable of. Um, but I think baby steps is probably probably reasonable, but at the same time, enjoy enjoy it while it lasts because Absolutely. it will run out at some point. <laughs> I think well, hopefully it doesn't. But you know, this is it's realistic that that such a high high performances will balance out, and for Villa that does mean a few losses here and there. What does losing a game feel like? Because I don't know. Oh, I forgot, mate. I'll be heartbroken <laughs> probably the next time it happens. Does anybody know our friend of the show Barry Barron got on yesterday? Did he did he play at all? Do you know. I believe he played against Birmingham City and scored a penalty, mate. <laughs> oh, no, I, didn't, I hadn't seen that, mate. No, good. Well done, Bass. <laughs> it's a nice Barry Bannon podcast if uh, people want to go and listen to our, pre- our lockdown interviews. Uh, there was a cheeky mention of someone else, Lee Hendry as well, got a mention earlier. We did a podcast with him. Uh, and we mentioned some uh, Gabby content. as well. So there's a Gabby oh, yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're plugging it without knowing it. There's a great story from Barry Bannon about somebody having a poo in a boot. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the kind of antics you go up to at Five Aside? I didn't play very well tonight, mate. You know, I'm, I'm on the kind of, um, I'm in the winter of my career now. I, I, was, I played as a goal anger all night. And I didn't even score a goal. That's poor. <laughs> just, well, let, well, let it slide. Yeah, I'm, I need to. I need to shed some of these kind of. Uh, you know what I like at the moment? These Malteser buttons. Oh yeah, they are. So. Yeah, they are good. So I'm yeah. kind of having stacks of them. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I need. We talked about food on the last podcast, and we will wrap up in a sec because I could, again I can hear those viewers fading away. How was your chippy tea on Friday night? Yeah, all right. I went to the one opposite the Stag and Three Horseshoes in Quinton Stroke Hales Own Road Ridge's Border for people who know it. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Um, I don't know, but I know it. I just had steak and your pine chips, mate. Kept kept it simple. Very nice. 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 Well, we'll call like it... to you about Middle Earth there. Like, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for you guys to actually mention some very Birmingham, Birmingham, proper Birmingham. We're not yeah, allowed to drink in the, the city, right? Yeah, yeah, we're not popular. Nah. We're around the edges in the suburbs. We're not, we're not allowed to drink in the city, and I'm not allowed to leave the house at the moment, so let's not get too emotional about Rowley Regis, because that seems a long way away. You've been grounded, Dan. <laughs> yeah, let's just say that, because I don't really want to go into it. I don't know why I bought it up, to be honest. Um, 
Yes, we'll call it a night there. It is 10 past 10 on Sunday evening. It's been a lovely 35-minute chat. Actually, I've really enjoyed uh, speaking about Villa, making it four out of four for the first time in 90 years. Um, What an unbelievable start to the season. We'll have a little plug before we go for our next podcast, which will be out on Wednesday. It's an episode of AVFC Extra featuring James Rushton and myself and Tony Daly, former Villa winger and fitness coach. Uh, Matt, can you please not interrupt my outro? You can't what see anything. What is you it? just cannot see a thing. That's on your phone. It's like paranormal activity. Can you not see it? Uh, <laughs> no, you're doing a really your, bad job. It's your lad with his Man of the Match award. That's Fair with his Jack, Jack Grealish Man of the Match award, yeah. Signed by <laughs> Jack Grealish on the back. So there he is. He's tall, isn't he? James, <laughs> James, don't you feel like this is like when you meet some family that you don't really ever see and they just like show you random things on your phone? So, oh yeah, nice one, Uncle Matt. Thanks for that. But we got locked in uh, Brewdog uh, once, which isn't like the worst <laughs> place to be locked. Um, but there was a march going on, and um, we got locked in. And me and my friend, and uh, it was like this Irish guy come over, and he was just like he just wandered in there, and uh, he he was um, shuffled over to our table, and he kept kept showing stuff on his phone, like right to the face. This is before COVID, so it was all fine. But that just reminded me of what Matt was doing there because you couldn't see, just sort of shining it in your face like that. Very, I've got, uh, a, I've got a weird one. Want to see? No, yeah. oh, I'm ending this. I'm calling it there. It's been <laughs> 200 people have left us in the last couple of minutes. That, that's, that's all Matt's fault. That's the quality of Matt interrupting my outro. So before you can speak, I'm just going to mute you, okay? You just sit there in silence. We've got Tony Daly coming up next on Wednesday. It's a great episode about sports fitness, uh, what goes into a footballer's medical. It's actually a very interesting chat for 45, 50 minutes with Tony Daly. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll catch you again on Friday when Villa make it far in a row and beat Leeds. Um, thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Thank you, James Rushton. Thank you, Matt Kendrick. And we'll catch you again soon. Thank you all. See ya. You're now, you're now. Gonna believe us. now you're going to believe <laughs> Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa.